This podcast represents the opinions of Stephen Scott and his guests. Views expressed in this podcast are their own and do not necessarily represent that of their places of work. Thank you. Hello. Have you ever had any interest in the behind the scenes on a film? Have you ever wondered how to be one of those artists? Join me, and together we look into the wonderful paths people take to be working artists. How did you get here? I'm your host, Stephen Scott. Hello, and today with me is Mike Wood. Hello. Uh, Mike is not only a very close friend, uh, personally, but he's also uh, an environment artist extraordinaire. And... Uh, I love talking to him, so this is going to get a little less formal, and uh, yeah, we're just going to roll straight into it. Uh, we even got some bees here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I guess to start off, what was your first ever job not art-related? Not art-related. Uh, my first job was as a, a telemarketer. Um, selling herpes medication to people. <laughs> they would call in and I would have to sort of fill their, their order out. Okay. Valacyclovir hydrochloride. <laughs> and there was no TV ad if you had a there friend was, or family? There was a TV ad, yeah. And then um, uh, I would also sell diet, diet uh, plans, you know, like hmm. schemes. And also people, there was a, a fortune teller named uh, Miss Cleo. Yeah. And I would uh, relay calls to the Miss Cleo kind of hotline. <laughs> I didn't know that uh, that needed a, a yeah. I guess, an, an operations expert, somebody yeah. to plug it over. Yeah, you have to, so somebody just calls a 1-800 number, and then you have to just be the <laughs> operator. Yeah. That's mm. awesome. Mm-hmm. How long did you do that for? About six months. And then I said, um, I, you know, I sat at a cubicle yeah. every day. And you get a 30-minute break in eight-hour shifts, and somebody has to walk by and put this little note on your computer that says you're able to take a break. And I said, I never want to do this ever again, and I never want to sit at a cubicle in front of a computer for the rest of my life. Like left at a lunch kind of thing? Yeah, and ironically, that's just what I do kind of every day now. (laughs) That's just (laughs) how we work now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Wow. What a, what a fun, like, first... How old were you? I was 16. Okay. Yeah. Where, where was... It was in San Antonio, Texas, at West Telemarketing. Yeah. West Telemarketing. I got paid $6 an hour, which at the time was, like, yeah, about huge. a dollar and a half more than everybody else got paid. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, rolling it. Yeah. I always like to bring up, uh, back in my day, you know, minimum wage was five fifty. Yeah. So yeah, in California. Were, yeah, in California. In Texas, it was like four something, you know. So it was, uh, and now it's seven something. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't gone up very much in Texas. Nice. Yeah. Um, also, uh, for anybody who's noticing a lot of background noise or fun stuff like that, um, we are on the rooftop lounge actually at my place, uh, hanging out. Uh, I thought it would be best for this one that we just keep an informal sort of hangout you know I, I really like I said I like hanging out with this guy and I just knew that just spending some time would we'd get some good content so um, going back to so you're 16 you did that for six months yep. now what was the next uh, well the next step was uh, working outside yeah. And so I wanted to get away from the computer. Swinging a hammer? Yeah, pretty much. No, it was, um, I was a janitor at a theme park in San Antonio. So I cleaned up bathrooms and uh, we call them bio spills, which is when people get sick on rides. Yeah. Uh, so I had to clean up that. And as I, I was walking around, I met these artists that were drawing characters and portraits of people at the theme park. And okay. I started to become friends with them. Yeah. And so the next sort of season, uh, I, I, I wanted to try out for like a caricature artist, like a portrait and caricature artist job. So we went and um, a bunch of us showed up at the theme park on this like Saturday kind of evening. And you have to just sort of draw with a marker, which I'd never done before. 
and you just you know I we all got the job and we started training together as a team uh -huh. and I'm still friends with a lot of the people that we oh, trained yeah? with when I was about 17 years old the way back boys yeah the way back boys <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> totally like that um, so yeah. you knew how to draw before yeah I think so I mean it was mainly like comics and like when I was in the fifth grade, I would draw like on our book covers, like comic book characters. And yeah. People would pay me like five dollars to draw on their book cover. Oh, nice. Like Thor or like bands that they. Were. So I always kind of drew and stuff, but um, no like training. I never really had art classes or anything. So I just, you know, as as much as a ten year old can. Of learn. course. Yeah. Yeah, you learn just from doing it over and over, and yeah. eventually you found you had a good hand at it. Mm -hmm. um, so you said, what, 10 is when this, like, kind of... Yeah, what? I think I started drawing when I was about six or seven, and okay. I would watch Bob Ross with my mom all the time. Um, and I thought it was magic, you know, that yeah. he could just create these sort of landscapes. Um, yeah. Yeah, sculpt a painted mountain yeah. range. Yeah, yeah it's it kind of not, not bad. It's still kind of amazing. Yeah. Me. Like, when I watch him, I'm like, I don't like the art, but I, like, I'm amazed by how quick he can do all this stuff. I did a, a COVID Bob Ross binge, yeah. and I remember just watching it like, crap, man, like, I'll never be able to paint like that. It's, and it's a formula. It's like a it's technique It's so that he has. good. Yeah, yeah, it was effortless. And yeah. the fact that he would be, like, talking, and now we're just going to put this happy little mountain range with a nice little bit of shading oh, totally. right here. Yeah. And he would just be taking a spatula, and yeah, I totally know what you mean. Scraping. Yeah, scraping. Hard scraping on canvas. Like, what the, what I am know, I doing? I like... <laughs> it, it really it gave me the wrong impression about how long landscapes take and yeah. what a really good landscape painting is. Uh -huh. But but he's such a charismatic and energetic art instructor that I, I think it actually kind of helped me when I was yeah. trying to get into that. And a great caretaker of squirrels. Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess when you were doing these character arts how long was that was that just for the summer or? no so yeah so i started when i was 17 uh -huh. and i did it until i was about 21. Mm. um i became a supervisor and i became a trainer an artist trainer okay and i got to travel around america and i got to work in all these theme parks and i got really good at it yeah and i competed in las vegas wow um, when i was about I think, 21 or something doing like character that. art yeah there's like competitions and stuff huh. and um, you know, there's like famous caricature artists and I got to meet them and work with them. And, um, so I lived in Florida for a while. I went to Ohio, um, worked in Las Vegas for a little bit. And the first time I ever went to California was on the tick, the, the, the sort of, uh, you know, they, they, they paid me to go out to, uh, San Diego Zoo? It, or no, it was, it was Park? San Jose. That oh. was the first place in California I ever went. What's out there? And it was uh, PGA Great America. And they were training, um, a boss that I had worked for was training artists, and I went out to help train. And we were just drawing faces, and you, you have to do kind of cartoon bodies, so you have to be really good at, like, if somebody wants a body, you gotta just come up with it on the spot. Huh. And, um, and all I did was draw faces all day. And, I, and so it, I got a lot of um, professional experience with that, uh, and confidence in yeah. art, and, and then, um, to segue into the film stuff, uh, you know, it's ultimately how I got my first like film job. So that's really? kind of how it sort of happened. You were there getting this training, and somebody was like, "Hey, you want to move to Hollywood?" No, it wasn't Hollywood. <laughs> it was it was in Austin, Texas. I, I was going to college in Austin, not knowing what I wanted to do. I wanted to work in film somehow, but I didn't know how. I wasn't in California, and at that time, everything was done in California. Yeah. And so if you're in Texas, it's kind of like, you know, the only Texas filmmakers were Robert Rodriguez and Richard Linklater. And nice. That was it. And Not a bad uh, rap sheet, by no, the way. No, they're awesome. Yeah. But it was like, how am I going to work for them? And you know, <laughs> even for them, most of their work usually was done in California. Yeah. Um, or Mexico. Right. Yeah, exactly. For Robert Rodriguez now. Yeah. Like, um, and so I... A friend of mine that w that we had all started in that same caricature group together, his name was Sterling. Um, he had found out about a job for Richard Linklater where they were. There was a movie called Waking Life that came out that Richard Linklater had done, where they had uh, filmed footage, and then this guy Bob Saviston wrote software that you could draw on top of the film footage, and it would interpolate... Like rotoscope. Yeah, exactly. So it was called uh, Rotoshop, was the software that he wrote. Huh. 
And so, if you haven't seen Waking Life, I would suggest seeing it. It's very kind Waking of... Waking Life. Yeah, Waking Life. It's philosophical. It's Richard Linklater did it. Uh, probably about 2003 or something like that. Okay. 2002. Um, and it's beautiful. It's like a sort of... It's just this really trippy animation with a really philosophical kind of theme. And there was one scene in that movie called The, the, the Holy Moment. Or, and it was... There was a look to it that looked like a graphic novel in motion. Huh. And it was such a cool part of that movie that um, he wanted to do an entire movie that sort of looked like that. And so he got a Philip K. Dick story called A Scanner Darkly. And um, we, uh, he, he had filmed this whole movie with Keanu Reeves, Robert Downey Jr., Winona Ryder. Wow. And so we spent like, uh, you know, he, he, he wanted to hire these animators to just draw this movie for him pretty much and none of us were professionals and nobody was from California which would have been way better yeah. to do it there because that's where all the professionals were so he wanted illustrators and because what a cool um, I mean just yeah. to stop real like you just have this ragtag bunch of misfit animators or would be animators even and you're like yeah, yeah we'll animate your movie exactly. like that's how it works okay. it was so weird Wow. So my friend Sterling got a job yeah. there, and he uh, kind of was like, you should try out to see if, if yeah. you can make this work. And so I tried out and um, ended up getting the job eventually. I think they needed people, and I honestly was not as talented as everybody else. And I kind of squeaked in a little bit, and I was on his team, and we spent about a year and a half drawing this movie, and it was like the coolest experience of my life. Yeah, you know, and uh, still, it still was, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm willing to bet that all of those people, uh, if you ask them what the coolest job that they've ever worked on, it was that job, and that's when I was like, I want to work in the film for the rest of my life. This is so cool. It's yeah. so much fun and creative. To and be a part of the party, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was great. It was a great experience. Yeah. Um, well, first of all. That's awesome. Like, what a cool way to get into it, too. And yeah. it sounds like you didn't have to go through... Did you go to school? Mm. So when, I, when, when that happened, I was, I, was in, uh, I was going to Texas State University, and I was an art major. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know what kind of art, if I wanted to do gallery art or commercial art or illustration. And it was one of those things, like, I never fit in anywhere. Like, all the, I would take these fine art classes, and they all told me I should be an illustrator. And then I would take these illustration classes and they all told me I should be a fine artist because I, I just couldn't, I didn't like rules and I kind of, uh, I just wanted to do my own thing. But then at the same time, like I had a very realistic style and and I, I, I went to this career guidance counselor that they, they give you or whatever. And, you know, it was like, well, what do you want to do with your paintings? And I was like, I don't know. And she pretty much just read off a list. And when she got to F, she said film, and I was just like, "That's exactly what I want yeah. to do." Yeah. Um, but I, again, I was in you know Texas. I was in San Marcos, Texas, and I was like, "Well, I don't know. I want to get into California like this." I, I didn't have any money. Yeah. Um, and at that time, you know, looking at California, that was like where like rich people lived. Yeah. And to go there was like you you couldn't do that. Yeah. Coming from Texas, it was just not possible. Um, so she was like, well, you just got to, you know, figure it out, <laughs> which is, uh, it's so easy to be a, a, a career guidance counselor because you just tell kids to figure it out, <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. but, uh, so, and you then, got this, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so I, I would send my paintings to Industrial Light and Magic. At that time you had to take slides. I mean, it was like, you had to take, there wasn't digital cameras, so you had to take slide film of your painting, send it to ILM with all these things that you had to sign. And then, like, you had to have, like, if, if you did work on films, you had to have a VHS that you had to send along to, like, like never, got, never heard back. I, I would call Island um, every... On a landline. Every week. Uh, <laughs> people would answer, yeah. uh, but they wouldn't, you know, you couldn't talk to anybody, really. Because Island to me, when I was growing up, Star Wars was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And Absolutely. I loved Indiana Jones and Willow, and I, you know... Uh, ILM was the only visual effects company for a long time. Yeah. Jurassic Park and Terminator 2. And I was like, well, that's where I want to go. And if I ever got there, that's where I would stay. So, you know, everything kind of was leading up to me trying to get into ILM. 
time, but I, I had no idea. This was like, there wasn't stuff on the internet about how to do things. So when a, a scanner darkly came up, I thought, well, this is this is somehow maybe I can make this work. Yeah. But and I, I end up doing it, but it wasn't the way that I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so you get into films. Uh, you do this one big breakout film. You're applying all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the place, the the first place that kind of took the bait? Well. Um, I think uh, after Scanner Darkly came out, it was it was a pretty big success. We went to Comic Con and oh. got to present it and stuff like that. But like you know, uh, that kind of style of movie doesn't give you a really good resume for anything else, yeah. other than working in that style of. It's movie. real heavy metal kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. So everybody there thought that after the movie came out, that we'd all be working at ILM. Yeah. But that wasn't the case at all. Uh, and none of us could find work. Mm -hmm. So I ended up working in restaurants after that and finishing my degree. Yeah. And um, not really kind of feeling bummed out, you know? And um, at the time, I was, I was, I had uh, my future, you know, wife, who's now my ex partner. Um, you know, you, you, you just work jobs to support you and your partner. Pay the rent. Yeah. And um, so I just did odd jobs, you know? Restaurants and glass cutting and I don't know, all, all, all sorts of weird things. <laughs> for like windows and stuff, probably. Yeah, exactly. Like it was windows for, and framing. Yeah. Know, for like framing like art you know, things. Um, and then I I knew that I wanted to do so. Matte painting was something that I, I I heard about, but there wasn't a lot of stuff online. And really, what it was was that like in when when the when um, uh, episode. Uh, one, two, and three came out. I remember episode one seeing Naboo, this world. Oh, of course, Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah the Phantom Menace, and I just remember being like, "How, how did they do this? Like, I, I don't understand how they made these shots." Yeah. And so I remember Naboo, and then when Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out, there was a shot of like old ancient. I think it was like Beijing or something. And it just kind of the camera flies in, and you see this ancient city, and it looks so real, and I. I didn't understand how that worked because back then you, you you couldn't you know like you know there was Jurassic Park and sort of like Jar Jar Binks mm -hmm. but I knew that you couldn't just model texture and render these like environments right? yeah and so ultimately I kind of came on like matte painting right and, and matte painting like what it was it was it was like you know what I thought it was was that people are just painting yeah which is what it used to be from the early 1920s. Like a cell, like painting yeah. cell animation. Yeah, layering yeah. and stuff. Okay. And so what? It, so it was like, what it used to be was like they would go on set and instead of building a gigantic set, they would just have a piece of glass and they would shoot, you know, the, the sort of photography and then they would paint on the glass and then it would match up and it would look like this giant set. And, and it was one person that did it. Yeah. It was a landscape artist. And I was like doing a lot of landscapes at the time and I thought, well, I, could, I would, that, that's what I could do. Mm -hmm. you know? And so, uh, but there wasn't anything online about how to do it, so I had no idea yeah. how to do it. You can only watch so much Dynomation before you were like, <laughs> I don't understand what's exactly. going on here. Yeah. yeah. So it's trying to like sort of watch these movies and just try to figure out how, how they did stuff, which actually was a lot of fun. And now it's kind of, you know, you, you can just watch tutorials yeah. on how to do everything now. And so it takes a little bit of the fun out of like, how did they do this? It was magic to me. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that just became a, a journey that I went on it. And this one place um, was hiring in San Antonio. And it was for a History Channel show called Jurassic Fight Club. <laughs> and, uh, it was kind of ridiculous. It was, if you, yeah, it was like if you get like a T-Rex and a raptor and they fought, who would win? Yeah. Kind of thing. One singular raptor? Yeah, or yeah, or like a bunch of a bunch of raptors. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or like yeah. a brontosaurus versus uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know, a pterodactyl. Oh, or something. <laughs> and um, you know, at that point, like I had no idea what I was doing, and I just needed a job. I was working like on these film jobs for free, mm -hmm. um, and I needed like a for the exposure, of course. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So I was working day jobs, and I was doing free film jobs at night, uh, and that doesn't work very well. No. Uh, Luckily, I was in Texas, and I could swing it. But so, uh, so I, I got a job at this company called uh, 1080, 
and they were like, look, we're, you know, we're doing this video game for the show that we're working on. And it was like, uh, we need to make sort of these like flash backgrounds. And you look like you want to do backgrounds, so maybe you could just do this. It was like throwing me a bone. Yeah. And I did them, and I worked all night, and I, I wanted to make them perfect. And so I made these like layered backgrounds, and, and they really liked it. And yeah. then they were like, you know what, do you want to work on the show? After about two months, I was like, yes, I do. Yes, and I, so yes I, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I moved to San Antonio from Austin, and... Um, was working from 5 a.m. to about 3. It was like this sort of, they had a double shift, graveyard shift kind of thing. Oh, man. And they didn't tell me until I got there the first time. Of course, yeah. Like, oh, By the God. way, you're on night crew. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was not matte painting at all. They, they didn't even know what matte painting was. Most people didn't, right? Um, so it was just doing layout and lighting in a uh, program called Soft Image, which at the time was like, you know, I had tinkered with Maya in college a little bit, and I kind of learned a little bit of Maya, 3 Studio Max. But Soft Image was like what all these big companies use. So it's like what ILM used for Jurassic Park and Twister and stuff. And and uh, what is Soft Image? It was it was like you know it's like what Maya you know like Maya is, but it's it like was, an animation program. Yeah, so they they were the ones that Soft Image had everything. Okay. So it had modeling, animation. It's where kinematics and software kind of came from. Oh, cool. Um, so a lot of animators use it. So it's why the, the Dinosaur Show was using it, because all the people were using it. But we used, and it had a 32-bit compositor in it. It had a Windows browser. It was it was amazing. It was like the Lamborghini of CG packages. Yeah. And um, so I got exposure to that, and I worked with a guy named Jeff Stoyer, who was like this kind of Rain Man genius with Softmosh. And um, I just learned everything from him about CG, about how to be what came to be known as a generalist now, like a 3D environment generalist. And I, I'll always remember the time that I spent with him in this little room. It used to be an old dentist office, and they, the match that the company that I was working for um, rented this dentist office, and we just worked on our computers out of this office. <laughs> And um, he taught me everything. He taught me how to do match move, so I did match moving for a while. Then I went to layout, uh, and then I worked in lighting. And then I, I, this whole time, I was trying to get to do a matte painting for the show. And I think on the last two episodes of the show, I had shown them all these kind of ideas I had for matte painting, and they let me do two matte paintings for the show. Okay. And so that was the first time I ever got to do an environment, like all by myself. Completely. Yeah. Okay, so that was like the big uh, hallmark moment where you were able to... I do want to circle back to something, sure. actually. The struggle years. Yeah. When you are waiting tables and stuff. Yeah. Was there a moment when you were doing this where you are like, shit, like, this isn't going to work. Like, I, you know, no. got to go get a job as a real estate agent no. or something. No. No, never. That was... No. This was it. it I was, knew. Yeah, it yeah. Was, I mean, because I can't do anything. Of course. I didn't. Have, there was no other option. Yep. Because you know, the other jobs don't last for me. Like, no. I, I can't. I can't be told what to do. Or um, can't sit at a desk all day typing in numbers. No. Which is which is funny because it kind of becomes that at some point. Yeah. But um, no, there was no, no. I just didn't know how to do it because there was no. Like I said, there wasn't information. <laughs> you couldn't. Um, there was no schools like they have now. There was no. And I'm not a bright guy, like, and, and I'm not saying that to be humble, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm not somebody who can code or pick up uh, software. So that was a struggle, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, the learning part of computer graphics in the, like, late 90s, early 2000s was difficult. I mean, like, it wasn't as easy as it is. Now it's very easy. Yeah. And, and you can just YouTube anything now. And at that time, it was just like, you got a book that was, like, that big full of jargon that nobody knows about mm -hmm. and um, I didn't know how I, I would fit in yeah. to like these and like how, how am I going to go to ILM if I don't know this stuff yeah so alright yeah. so um, that was the dinosaur fight club right mm -hmm. what what was the next big jump what was the move so there were so Sing uh, ILM Singapore which just closed last week had just opened. Literally last week, yeah. like 
I know. Yeah, really? They just closed it. And it, it's what, August 12th right now? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Something, somewhere in there? 2023. Yeah. And they had it's opened gone. in, I think, 2009. And so I graduated from college and everything. I was working at on this season two of Jurassic Park. No, I take it back. I was working on a show called Life After People. That's that's what it was. It was the same company, History Channel. It was like, what would happen if all humans on the planet died at, all at once? How would all these modern structures like hold up? And it was all environments. That's all it was. Okay. And it was like perfect for me, right? Because I was like, okay, this is all map painting. And I was the only map painter on this Jurassic Fight Club show. They had no choice but to hire me. You know what I mean? And it was great. So I got to do these, like, they were not good shots. Yeah. But um, I got to do these overgrown cities and really just, like, mess I up. I feel like I've watched all of these, probably by have. the way. Yeah. Like, I feel like have. I watched a lot of History Channel growing up. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like I've seen your work. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they were terrible. I yeah. mean, but I, I, I think you have to have that time where you mess up. Yeah. And you learn from experience. And again, Absolutely. I, I was not the smartest person. I learned by mistakes. That's how I always learned. And that was like my time. Yeah. To just like kind of fuck around. Yeah. And learn and make mistakes. And I had really patient supervisors. And again, Jeff Stoyer uh, was very patient with me. And he helped me a lot. And um, yeah, so I, I was doing that for about two years. There's two seasons of that show. Okay. Um... And ILM Singapore was hiring for, uh, because uh, like I tried for 10 years to get into ILM San Francisco, it wasn't happening, right? Okay. I didn't have the experience. ILM Singapore. And they were like. Non-starter. Yeah. And they were like, look, this is like an outsourcing kind of place. Yeah. We'll, we'll hire you pretty much. Even though you don't have a lot of experience, we'll hire you. Okay. And we will train you how to do this. So I was like, you know. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> like this is my chance, you yeah. know. And I was probably about I don't know, 27, 28, and this is the only way I was gonna learn. Like again, there there was no there was no stuff on the internet about this how to how island works. Yeah. And so the island of Singapore Digimat department was the map painting department, and they're the ones that came up with this role. They're the ones that started everything, right? So. Um, I moved to the other side of the planet, and there was a guy named, there named Bryant Griffin, and he taught me everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, visual effects pipelines, how they did shots on episodes one, two, and three, uh, how they did shots on Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, how they did shots on Mission Impossible, and I got to see and, and really open up old files and yeah. learn everything. It's been about two years there. And then a guy named Paul Houston came from San Francisco to Singapore to train us in miniatures, in miniature model making. Oh, that's good. Like maquettes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So Paul Houston had worked at ILM since day one. Yeah. When they were in Van Nuys, California on the first Star Wars, he made the... the the uh, Death Star, like, blaster and stuff. You oh, the guns. Of, yeah. It, like, when they're shooting the TIE fighters and stuff. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, Paul made all those. He helped make indoor. I mean, he did the uh, the, the Crescent Valley in Indiana Jones. I mean, yeah. the, some of the Willow miniatures that are just invisible map paintings are, that are gorgeous. And I, I I had this weird thing where when I looked at Paul, I, it was like, this is me. Like, yeah. this guy's like me when I'm older. Yeah. And so we bonded really closely in Singapore. Mm -hmm. And he was there for about a month or something like that. And I just, I was a sponge at that time. And that's how I just learned a lot of what ended up becoming a 3D generalist, like environment artist kind of role. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was, um, great. was there anything, I know that you probably, like, I don't know if you can or can't talk about it. I don't Care. But if there is a like a thing in pirates or any of that where you got yeah. to see like the layering or like sort of the compositing of how yes. that went, was there any sort of kernel that you were like, oh yeah. crap, like a spark yeah. that was ignited of like this is this is how you do this? Yeah, so much of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. okay. I I didn't understand how 
you can make these really dense images move. Yeah. I can do matte paintings, but I, I, I didn't understand. Um, one of the things I, I didn't understand was photography. Okay. And ultimately, I spent all this time doing, you know, plein air landscape painting. Yeah. But really what matte painting is, is you're, you're making photography, right? Okay. That's, that's what Island is great at. They're really good at making you look at CG as photography. And so, um, a lot of it was projections at that time, which is what, what, what that is, is that you, you can do this map painting, but you, you, at that time you couldn't render through the environments mm -hmm. the way that we do now. Yeah. So you had to do these map paintings and then make geometry and project it on the geometry. And you had a little bit of leeway with camera moves. Um, and projections to me, that was the, the eye opener. That was what I, I never understood how to do. Of course. Uh, and that was their magic. I, the island's magic was always the environments to me. I didn't really care for their <laughs> their like characters or animations or anything. Yeah. It was the worlds that island made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and how they would drop you into them. Yes. Without reason. Yes. You know there was. But they were good. There was a history to it that they wouldn't explain. Exactly. Yeah. I and, totally feel and that. that was stuff you could read every island book, and they'll never tell you about that. This, the the secrets. Yeah. And so it was. It was like this Mr. Miyagi kind of thing, mm -hmm. where you start to get all these like you know secrets and how they do things and that magic that happens. And it, it at that time it was called the Digimat Department, and they were the only ones at that time in the world that were doing that kind of work. So. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So uh, at this time you are. Uh, working at ILM, it sounds like, mm -hmm. uh, the one in Singapore. S Singapore. Mm -hmm. um, and you have been there for how many years? I stayed there for two years. Two years, yeah. okay. And my, me and my partner at the time, we, uh, lifestyle-wise, uh, we weren't making any money. Yeah, it's, in, it, it's an expensive place to it's live. It's a very expensive place yeah. to live. Can't chew gum on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, you, can, yeah. <laughs> you cannot chew gum. It's really, really conservative. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we wanted to change, and so we didn't know what. Again, it's like you're, you're you know, I. For a person who hates rules, <laughs> you couldn't live in yeah, a place exactly. with more rules. No, exactly. By the way, that's exactly it's what kind it was. of funny. It's yeah. like. <laughs> so I think I think at that time I. My time at ILM, I I had worked on Transformers. Dark of the Moon, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Okay. Maybe The Last Airbender. The last M. Night Shyamalan? Yes. You worked yeah. on the last? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Briefly. I mean, you know, I still love you, but. No, no, it was, <laughs> hey. I, I took whatever I could work on. Yeah. There was another film that we worked, oh, uh, Red Tails. We worked on a movie called Red Tails, which okay. I think was one of the George Lucas's last films that he ever made. Uh, it was about the Tuskegee Airmen. Anyway, so I had this. It was about the what? The, the, the Tuskegee Airmen of like World War Two. Tuskegee um, Airmen. Yeah, it was like these sort of African American pilots that they had done all these tests on. Oh. Uh, but they were like amazing pilots. Huh. And yeah, it's the whole thing. Should we about it? Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I moved back to Austin, not knowing what I was going to do. Had yeah. no job. Stayed with my in-laws yeah and kind of was in the same situation where I was applying kind of like what we were talking about earlier I applied to every job I saw every single yeah. yeah and in two months didn't hear anything and then a company in, in Los Angeles was hiring called they were uh, called Zoic and they were hiring for a, a Call of Duty commercial <laughs> cool and they were like well if you're willing to drive or come down we'll hire you for like two weeks and that's it Oh. We just needed it for two weeks. And I was like, fuck it. <laughs> like, what the hell? I'm not doing yeah. anything else. I was living with my in-laws and I was tired of being there. Yeah, So I was course. like, all right, cool. Yeah, two-week vacation. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I drove to Los Angeles to Culver City. And uh, I charged about maybe $25 an hour. Okay. And um, Which is why they hired me. Yeah. Because I was so cheap. Which is what year? Uh, this was probably 2000 and... Uh, 11. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's cheap. It was yeah, cheap. Yeah, that's real cheap. Yeah. yeah. And that's why they hired me, right? Okay. I was so cheap. And I had ILM on my resume, right? So I, I kind of had that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I, 
went there for two weeks. I, I lived in a travel lodge oh. for about maybe two months. Nice. Um, in Culver City, off Sepulveda. And I fell in love with LA. Yeah. I absolutely and I never really? wanted to, I never wanted to go to LA, but I, I was there and I fell in love with it. I it looked like a movie and I was in California and I felt like I had done you know, even I was working on this commercial, but I was just like, I love this place. So so I sent out my resume to every single visual effects place in LA, which at the time there was about six of them. It was uh -huh. pretty busy in Los Angeles then. Um and as I was there I got a call from a company called Digital Domain, they're still around. And uh, they had just had, a, they had fired one of the matte artists, who I won't mention his name, because he's still a matte painter. Um, and they were like, we need somebody with more 3D experience, and you worked at ILM, and there was a mystique about ILM. Okay. It was kind of like, if yeah. you work there, you must know something that we do There don't. still is. There yeah, always right, is. Right, yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, it's 2023, and to this day, when people <laughs> exactly, are like, yeah. ILM? Like, yeah. there's Ooh. some sort of... What uh, secrets do you know? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, and I leveraged that, okay. that feeling that yeah. I had. And so uh, they hired me, and, uh, and I got interviewed by a guy named Jeff Bauman. Um, I've heard that name before. Jeff Bauman is he's like now a BAFTA award-winning yeah. visual effects supervisor for Marvel. Okay. He did the Black Panther movies. He was the, the main show supervisor. Okay. And he grilled me, like, hard. And a part of it was him grilling me because he wanted to know how ILM did things on set. He wanted to know the photography. Turns out, Jeff was better than uh, most on-set photographers from ILM. Okay. He was amazing. Yeah. Um, and I worked at Digital Domain for almost three years in uh, Santa Monica. Oh, I was in Venice Beach. Okay. Um, Ooh, pretty. It was great. And did you I, live out in Venice, I lived Venice in Santa too? Monica, and okay. I, I rode my bike or my skateboard to work every day. Yeah. Uh, and I learned a different thing at Digital Domain. Yeah. I learned how to uh, work with the team. ILM was very artist-focused, so, like, you're this sort of diva artist, and, you, you know, uh, you didn't... It wasn't as team-based, and so it was very uncomfortable for me to work with a team in that way. Okay. And my best friend now, who will always be my best friend, his name is Justin Vanderleck. He um, was my lead at Digital Domain. It was for the first Avengers movie. Okay. Um, he taught me how to be a team player, and it was very uncomfortable. We had a lot of not fun conversations, <laughs> um, but I needed that. I, needed I couldn't imagine you, first of all, as a not team player. Mm. Like, we bowl together, mm. we hang out. Like, yeah. I just, you're like the most easily approachable. We had a conversation earlier. You just have one of those faces, you know, <laughs> yeah. where you, you have like, I want to talk to you just by looking <laughs> yeah. at you. So, like, I couldn't yeah. imagine you not being a team player so yeah i i, I think ilm um it, it it's really competitive yeah and you you fight for shots okay um and the people that are there are it's kind of i don't want to say cutthroat but it's more um you know you really have to prove yourself there as, yeah. a, as an individual uh, but digital domain was a different kind of thing you you could not be like that there yeah. right you couldn't have secrets you had to share you had to um, so Digital Domain really opened me up in that way. And That's it was a, cool. it's a great, it was a great place to work um, at that time. So, it, you know, it, it, it went through its second bankruptcy when I was there. Um, Bummer. Yeah, that was, so we started working on Iron Man uh, 3. And oh. um, we had worked on a couple other, like 47 Ronin and some other projects. Uh, and then, yeah, we, uh, we didn't know. Uh, that it went bankrupt until we saw it on the news. Oh no! Um, they didn't which, tell you guys. No, they didn't tell us. Wow. Um, Classic. Yeah. Yeah. They they had opened up a Florida studio, and they were gonna make it a part of um, like a, a college in Florida that you that students would work there to. Wow. Ultimately, they were trying to harness like free work. Yeah. Or, or, free or, or super cheap labor. Exactly. Yeah. Or not just that, but the students would actually be paying them to work on movies. It was a wow. terrible... Undervaluing movie. just terrible. everybody who yeah. had any experience in the industry. Exactly. Man, yeah, that's that tracks. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah. And they put so much money into this Florida operation. They even had a baseball field that was like Digital Domain Park, you know? 
and they locked the doors in Florida. Okay. And some of the people that I knew had moved their whole families out to Florida and no longer had jobs and they had bought houses and, and things like that. Oh, no. And, um, so that was really weird. And so, you know, fortunately, the Venice office was the first office. Yeah. So Digital Domain was started by James Cameron, Stan Winston, and uh, some other people. Uh, so that was kind of this sort of legendary L.A. They were called the pirates of, like, Venice Beach, right? Because they were, they were like, the opposite of ILM. They were going to do everything their way. They were rebels. And, um, so it had some... But they closed pretty much most of the offices except for that one. Yeah. And most of us left. Okay. Uh, we all were getting pay cuts. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was, like, during Christmas. It's not really worth cuts. it. Yeah. Yeah. Great company, still around. They, they're still doing really good work. I'm sure. Um, it was just a weird time. Okay, so it's time. It's time to jump ship. Yeah. And you're yeah. looking everywhere, applying everywhere, or is it same like... situation all over again? So yeah. like that's the thing about visual effects. Like back then, it was. It, 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 it's now there's like HR and like you know lawyers and like kind of like when I started, it was like being in a band. That's yeah. like the only way that I can describe it. Is that huh. like you're like a groupie. Or like a like a like a roadie, where you're just kind of like following this like work, and it wasn't very, it wasn't an industry. You were just kind of hopping around. Now it's like this industry, right? This globalization yeah. has happened in, in visual effects, and you'll always have work. Yeah. It's just where you're willing to go is like the question. Yeah. Um. So yeah, same situation. So I started just working on commercials again at local LA companies. Okay. So you stayed in L.A.? Yeah, I did. I mean, I, I loved it in Los Angeles. It was great. Yeah. Uh, my friends were there, and, you know, I lived on the beach in Santa Monica. It was great. Yeah. Um, so Justin, who uh, I had, you know, he had left Digital Domain as well. He was my lead. Yeah. Um, he went to Weta to work on the Hobbit films, right? Oh. And that was, like, his biggest dream. It was like he loves Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the Lord of the Rings as well, and Weta yeah. sort of was this overnight pop-up sensation, by the way. It was, You know, yeah, exactly. like, especially for effects and mm. VFX alike, yeah. it was just sort of this, like, light that had shone through the crack where you were like, oh my god, we yeah. can do that? Like, yeah, exactly. that's something that we could all work at, so... Yeah. Okay, so he's working at Hobbit. Well, and, and so Weta was really... They liked digital domain. So in the first uh, Lord of the Rings film, when Weta was really getting their chops as a visual, which is crazy to think about, this little place in New Zealand yeah. is competing with like ILM, this yeah. like mega giant Exactly. Place. The only shot they couldn't do in the first uh, Fellowship of the Ring was the horses becoming with the, the river that became horses. Yeah. Do you know what shot? Um, I, I no, Fellowship of the Ring, yeah. when... Uh, uh, Eowyn? Yeah, Eowyn, yeah. Yeah, I think it's Eowyn, or it might not be Arwen. I'm, you know, somebody the, the who Tyler. loves Lord of the Rings <laughs> yeah. is going to be like, well, actually, yeah. <laughs> you know. But, yeah, um, when, yeah, she's entering Rivendell, she says the chant. Yeah, exactly. And then the river horses come through and kill all the ring raids. That or was, yeah. knock out the ring raids. Exactly. I don't even know if they kill them, but, yeah. They knock them out. They stop them. Yeah. And that scene, them. they hired Digital Domain to do that. Because okay. at the time, you know, DD, that was what they did. They did these, like, water kind of things. Yeah. And Weta wasn't there yet yeah. to, to do that. And there's old interviews that you can watch Peter Jackson talking about what he wanted Weta to be. And it's like digital domain, mm -hmm. right? That's what he wanted it to be, right? And, and so uh, I think Weta always kind of hired people from digital domain. Like, like, they had a good relationship with them. Yeah. So Justin went there. Not as an environment artist, but as a compositor. And he learned compositing there. And Justin can do anything. He's like that type of guy. He's a break dancer. He's also <laughs> just a great dude. Yeah. Um, Master ping pong player. All that shit. Yeah. He can do whatever. Ran yeah. across the country seven times. <laughs> yeah, no. He was shrimp boat and cabin. So he, he had gone there and kind of, he had kind of bounced back and forth from LA to New Zealand and would always tell me about how great it was. Anyway. He got a job at ILM uh, because we all knew that there was going to be a new. This is so Disney had now bought uh, Lucasfilm. Okay. And so technically Disney had bought ILM, 
at that time. Yeah. And this is when digital domain was going bankrupt. So they were like the place, they were getting raises and bonuses and they were getting like iPads and iPhones and shit. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, oh my God, why are we the fucking island? The roadies became the rock stars. Exactly. So to speak. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. They were like they moved to the Presidio, which was like this beautiful part of San Francisco. Uh, very familiar. Presidio um, Park. So Justin had been going back and forth from Weather, and I think he got the job at Island. Yeah. And he kind of convinced them to hire me on. You know what I mean? And it was like I, I didn't think I would be working on Star Wars. I was like, I'm gonna just have to bust my chops. Maybe I'll work on the third Star Wars because you know the, it had been released that there was gonna be three more Star Wars movies, and that was my whole dream of my life is to work on a Star Wars movie with the people that had worked on the original Star Wars. Movie. Yeah. Um. So I got the job at Island, moved to San Francisco. Yeah. Right, and I lived in an Airbnb for twenty three hundred dollars a month. Wow. In a room. That's a... In San Francisco. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And then while also paying my, you know, rent in Santa Monica. And um, eventually, you know, my partner moved to San Francisco with me. Yeah. In this single bedroom Airbnb. Well, yes. For $2,300 a month. (laughs) At first, with a dog. Yeah, with a dog. With no windows. Of course. And no grass to be seen. Yeah. Um, We ended up moving. We found a one-bedroom apartment. And I worked at Ireland for four years. And um, that was probably the best work experience of my life, I think. In terms of learning and yeah. mastering and getting supervisors that yeah. were really, really good. Okay. Yeah. So you're in San Francisco. You're doing ILM, one of the dream jobs. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, just as like a VFX artist, too, it's one of those dream jobs. Because, yeah. again, the, the shrouds of like ILM, you know, the prestige behind it. Now you've worked in Singapore and you've worked in San Francisco. Yep. And here you are, you know, yeah. doing just jumping around with, doing it. With my heroes. Yeah. I mean, it was all of them. It was all the people, the, the, the matte painters that I loved the most. Yeah. My, they were my art directors, right? The supervisors I'd heard of and read about in books was my supervisor who became my close friend. The people you're getting beers with on a Friday, kind of. Yeah, thing. you know, Island's weird like that. It's um, you don't make a lot of friends. Uh, I I didn't make a lot of friends there. Really. And it's because of that that culture of competition there. Yeah. And I think some of it that's why they do such good work. Okay. Um, but the the you know environment artists are we're a small group of people. Right? Okay. Most there's a ton of compositors and animators and match movies and stuff but environment artists there's like there's a handful of us in the world and and ILM is just competitive yeah and you know when you first get there you're really nervous because people are they'll try to just take your shot from you yeah and it's um it's a different kind of thing like like they 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 don't operate in the same way uh, that other places do and I think that's kind of probably going away with globalization, right? Like now we can just farm out all this work to cheaper kind of countries. Everybody wants to be a VFX artist. Right, exactly. Yeah. And it's also really hard to manage a single artist. And, you know, it's also hard when you're a really good single artist when clients ask for you. Uh, you know, production doesn't really uh, favor that. Yeah. Because that's not how they want it to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, they want to have like a lot of cheaper artists that can just kind of crank out work. Can't undervalue you. Right. If you actually have value to you. Exactly. I mean, if that's not a fortune cookie, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, this this guy who uh, I always thought was the greatest map painter ever, y- 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 Yanni Tussaud, he is, uh, he did the best Naboo <laughs> Map paintings and, and, and you know looking at his work now uh, he was so ahead of his time he was doing he did a lot of the Lord of the Rings map paintings at Weta yeah he did a lot of the great ones at, at ILM he was my art director and he was my hero kind of and I thought that if I could work near him I could get some sort of experience yeah, it'll it'll leach into you somehow <laughs> yeah you can absorb it yeah it didn't <laughs> it just humbled me even more because okay. I, I finally felt like I, I got this place I was like I'm here this yeah. is where I want to be 
and you work with somebody like him who's that good, and it immediately puts you back, which is a good thing. I, yeah. I don't think you should ever feel like you're really, really great. Uh, but he was so much better than everybody else, and, and just like the only way I can describe it is that like the distance between like a man and like a chimpanzee is that's the distance between a normal visual effects artist and Yannick. He is wow. so good and everybody just gets on board with his images because he's so good at it, right? And so he, he was a Digimat artist, but who is, was kind of tired of the shop production. So he went to the art department and he was my art director, right? Um, and then my supervisor at that time was a guy named Susumu Yukihiro. And Susumu had sort of started another company called Whiskey Tree, come back to ILM because ILM was doing Star Wars again, right? And so uh, there was a lot of uh, interest of artists going back to ILM to work on Star Wars. Yeah. And you Is know, this Force Awakens, by the is, way? Yeah, it was Force Awakens. Force and, Awakens. and so like ILM and Weta also too had to sing where like they only worked on their own project. They didn't outsource, right? So like Weta worked on Lord of the Rings. Other yeah. than that DD shot, other than that Weta was like, we're going to do all the Planet of the Apes. We're going to do all the Lord of the Rings stuff. ILM worked on all of the Indiana Jones stuff, all of the uh, Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Which was really special at that time because it started, most Marvel projects are six or seven visual effects Yeah, facilities. it's very well divided. It is. There's no... Spread out. It, it makes uh, credits a lot shorter. Mm -hmm. I, you think that they're a mile long now. If you actually credited every single effects person who worked in those studios, yeah. it would be twice as long. Totally. Really. Yeah, yeah. totally. There are so uncredited it was, people. It was, yeah. oh, oh my God. I yeah. mean, I was only... My first two years, I was credited in like one film. Yeah, yeah. Because I was in Singapore, I was of like un uncredited. Um, so I think I was working on um, Ninja Turtles, you know, one and two. Mm -hmm. I'd worked on a couple of rides for China. This is at ILM San Francisco, and I started toying around with this software called Clarice, which was like sort of a new software at the time. And now Paul Houston was still at Island, right? So this is a guy that had worked on every single Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. And every single Indiana Jones movie. And he was kind of my, he was one of my mentors, right? Yeah. Um, and me and him were working on Cleary stuff together, just playing around. When we'd go home, we'd kind of send stuff. And I'd send him stuff every day. And he said, you know what? Send this to Susumu. Just send it to him. Yeah. And at, at that time, it was known that Susumu was going to be the first supervisor environment supervisor for Star Wars. Yeah. So Force Awakens, right? And everybody wanted to work on Force Awakens. I mean, it was competitive. It was it, it, it was cutthroat. Yeah. And it was scary. It was huge. It was. Yeah. And, and I was this, like, new kid there. I was the youngest guy there. Me and Justin were both, like, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We, we felt like we were hacks. We were, like, having that imposter syndrome every day. And Justin, you know, knew Susumu. Uh, pretty well, so he he was going to be going on to Star Wars, and I was like, I'm so happy for you. I, I didn't even think I was going to be working on it, right? And I started doing this Clarice testing, and he was like, you know, Paul was like, send it to Susumu, just see what he says, and I sent it to Susumu, and you know, he really liked the stuff I was doing, and he said, you know what, I think I want you to be on on The Force Awakens, you know, and, I, and that was like the biggest dream come true. It was everything I had worked for since I was about 19 years old was leading to that moment. And it was my time, and it was, um, I worked my ass off. <laughs> yeah. Because not only was, like, I so fortunate to have that opportunity, but every other artist at ILM was, like, they wanted to kill me. Yeah. I mean, it, You're like, on Star oh, Wars. Oh, my God. You are on yes. the fucking Star Wars. It was awesome. Like, it, that was yeah. it, yeah. And, and these people course. that were my idols yeah. were, like, hating me. Because I, I was remember on this movie. Yeah, you know? I, I didn't work on Star Wars, obviously, but I remember the preview night. I yeah. saw the preview night, the next night, and the next two nights because I was like, I just have to go. And I remember by the end of the like that four day stint of seeing Star Wars, I was like, man, where are they gonna go? Yeah. Because it just gave you just enough to be like. Star Wars is coming back, it is. you know, and I it's know. one of those titles yeah. that people 
they lose their shit over. Like, yeah. they, people get crazy for it. Yeah. So, yeah, you're here, you are working on it. Well, and, and, and it's like, you know, um, you know, episode one, two, and three. Yeah. Um, visual effects-wise, I actually love those movies. I, me too. They get shit on. Yeah. Right? There was some problems. Oh, haters. Movies, haters gonna hate. Course. Seriously. Yes. They, they didn't... Yeah. The people who hate... I To anybody who's listening who hates Phantom Menace, Clone Wars, or... or uh, Revenge of the Sith, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, thank you. Um, to anybody who said that, you didn't make Star Wars. You didn't make it, <laughs> all right? If you made it, then you email me and we'll talk. But you didn't make Star Wars. Exactly. <laughs> but there was, that, there was that reputation that they had. Yeah. And when J.J. Abrams took over, it was like, okay. Yeah. He's going to fix it. Yeah. Of, right? The and savior yeah, has exactly. come. Yeah, yeah. of and course. And he was like... Which, he was like, I'm going to shoot it on 35mm film. And I love that. Yeah. Because I, you know, when I started, I worked on 35mm film. Mm-hmm. And after about five years, it became mainly digital. And there's something about film yeah. that just has that nostalgic thing. And it was like, how do we bring back Star Wars? And he was like, I'm going to shoot on film. And I was like, I love that idea. That's great, you know. Most of it was, uh, he did a lot of puppets, practical things. And the work that we were doing was very, like, we don't want to talk about how much visual effects that we're doing in this film. Of course. Um, because people didn't want that. Yeah. They didn't want Phantom Menace. They didn't want Attack of the Clones. Unfortunate. It is. Uh, but it, so it, it was a lot of pressure on us. And yeah. it was like, um, you know, we, we could not have it look CG. Yeah. And that was our thing. It was just like, we can't do this. It has to be handcrafted. Mm-hmm. It has to be like a, like a craft beer or like, a, like when you go to a nice restaurant. At the... And the thing that people don't know about Island, that they mistake for Island, is that they are actually a very low-budget company. Yeah. And every decision that they've done is because they're trying to save money. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's not this gigantic, you know budget thing that you have all this money and you're eating sushi every day it's actually like they don't pay all that well and the Digimon department came because they were trying to save money yeah Attack of the Clones was a digital the first digital film because he was trying to save money on film I mean so all of these decisions were money based you know yeah so we didn't have a big budget and it was stressful and we had about six months to kind of make this movie that was like the biggest thing that any of us had ever worked on. And I got to do it with my best friend, which was really helpful because I needed somebody to, we both needed each other yeah. to uh, cry <laughs> with. Aww. I mean, you, it's that, that kind of stress. I mean, it, yeah. it, like I got white hair because of that movie. The and Brotherhood of Silent Sufferers, it was. as we call them. It was. That's yeah. why Justin will always be my best friend because he sat next to me and we could talk about it, we could joke about things. but. You know, uh, we were also working really late every night and being really stressed out. I developed insomnia that just recently I got over. You know, this is like 2014 or whatever. So, uh, but I would say that that work uh, that we did was, I love that work. I'm the most proud of that work and the entire team that we all worked with than any other movie I've ever worked on, period. Of course. Hands down, so... And yeah. for what it's worth, by the way, as a, a Star Wars fan, you know, you know, I got the tattoos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, as somebody who loves Star Wars, Force Awakens, it does scratch the itch, you know. Yeah, right. It's got incredible practical effects. Yeah. You know, as somebody who is in that industry, yeah. when I saw the puppets, when I saw the marriage between VFX and and actual puppets yeah. or actual practical effects every time I was just in awe and was like wow this is it like it is it yeah my eight year old brain is tingling totally you know it was was. there yeah Force Awakens had it 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 did did. it had it in the palm of its hand yeah so I I commend you for that yeah you you tried your ass off and it it works it has just the right amount of like I'm motion blur maybe it's just it's not super crisp yeah like it's it's perfect that was the film quality to it it was dirty yeah there was a little bit of it yeah Yeah. that's what we were saying about handcrafted right it had to feel the way that the old movies felt yeah you You wanted that yeah and seeing the Millennium Falcon take off yeah 
Um, oh yeah. Was just when they're on this, Jakku, yes, and the, it takes yeah, off exactly. for that first yeah. time when it finally fires up. It's amazing. It's yeah. just that same <laughs> feeling of like, okay, we're off. You know, yeah. here we go to space. You know, this exactly. is it. And it was so it. I, I totally I, feel that. In in, in dailies, I remember them showing that shot. And you can kind of like look around. It was a dark room in dailies, but you can look around and everybody was smiling. Yeah. Because everybody had wanted to work at ILM for this moment. For that. And I will say that my first dailies had on The Force Awakens, it was Dennis Murin and John Knoll was sitting in the back. He wasn't the supervisor. Roger Gray was the supervisor. Um, but they were all the, in there in that room, and I had a shot come up, and I almost passed out. Yeah. Because it was uh, overwhelming to have these people looking at my work. Uh, it was a giant Star Destroyer with Ray slides down the hill. That was my map painting. And Yannick Dussault was in there. Susumu. I mean, it was so overwhelming. I almost threw up. I almost passed out. Yeah. My heart was beating. Was faster. George there nope. at all? No, he wasn't. No. no. Just totally, like, hands off at that point. I think... Um, yeah, he was hands off. J.J. Abrams uh, and Kathleen Kennedy totally had it. Took over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he sold it. Yeah. To, to Disney. Now, I will say that he meets with Dave Filoni a lot. Yeah. You know, nowadays. Yeah. Like they they talk about, and I think Dave Filoni could be the young George, George Lucas, Lucas, right? And he's got that same sort of thing. He's kind of a crazy. He's got these weird ideas. Yeah. He's also really kind of interesting and nice and stuff like that. Understands um, the perspective of dropping people into a universe and not explaining yeah. it too much. Yeah. That's, it's huge. And I think his work is probably more successful than the films were. Yeah. You know, because Dave Filoni kind of gets it. Yeah. You know, not only is he a fan, but like he's at the ranch with George and he meets with him. I mean. They talk about it and stuff. Sort of a tangential segue, but. You know, Clone Wars, the animated series is absolutely freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. I love it. You know, mm -hmm. Mandalorian, Rebels, yeah. Ahsoka is about to come out, and I watch a lot of stuff about that, yeah. like behind the scenes or even leaked content, frankly. And I can tell you that everything I see about it, I'm just like, yeah. this, this is Star Wars in my exactly. brain. You know, yeah. and I, I don't, um, I don't hate. The latter three movies, uh, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. I know a lot of people. It's easy too. Yeah, sure. But I don't love them. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of grievances that I could have. Sure. But again, I want to say one thing. I didn't make a Star Wars. <laughs> I didn't make a Star Wars. So. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. So you're finishing up Force Awakens at this point. Yeah. I, I have to say, and what what's the next big jump? You know, that was it. That okay. was it for me. Uh, uh, we won, you know, Justin and me and Yannick Dussault yeah. and a guy named Quentin. Okay. We won the VES award for best uh, environment, uh, creative environment for a film at the VES awards and we all went, except for Yannick, because Yannick is on a, on a different level. Yeah. He's, he's not, he's no longer a human. He's a fourth dimensional VFX yeah, uh, artist. That's how good he is. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, but we all went with our tuxedos and we, you know, uh, we went to the VES Awards in Los Angeles and Beverly Hills and we got to go on the stage and Justin talked and it was so great. Um, and that was probably one of the best moments of my life. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, I think when that happens, you know that your career either is over mm -hmm. or you're either going to be just kind of coasting for a long time. Yeah. Um, because it, it was all leading up to that, right? Like, what do you do after that? Yeah. And I didn't know what to do after that. And so I... How old I, are you? Now? No, at Force Awakens. At that time, I was 35. Okay. When, when, when all... So, so I, 35. I was 34 when we were working on it. It came out, I was 35 when we started winning yeah. the awards and all this stuff. And all these accolades. And, of course. Um, you did Star Wars. That was it. Yeah. So I, I hit all my career goals. Mm -hmm. um, I worked at ILM for another two years, um, and it just didn't feel the same. It, yeah. it, it you know, uh, people started leaving, and not to knock on ILM, but it's, it's it's a great company. But at that time, it was really strange. Trump had just won. Um, America felt really weird. Yeah. 
and I got a call kind of from New Zealand if I wanted to come out and they were like we'll give you a free ticket you want to come to Weta and I was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what else am I going to do yeah. you know what I mean and I thought I'd try that so then I went there okay yeah. so then you go to Weta yep what's the first thing you work on oh um, the death cure which is a maze the maze the, the last maze runner movie that they yeah made Okay. Uh, I probably saw it. Yeah. I didn't see it. I saw it. Here's the deal. Uh, I'm a tragic cinephile. Mm. And by that, I mean I enjoy a fine dining film as much as I enjoy yeah. the McDonald's movie. Yeah, sure. I will watch right a B movie and love every minute of it. I'm the same. I love it. I'm I will watch anything. I'll do it. I will watch it. Yeah. <laughs> And then I'll regret it. No. <laughs> I, I, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. I never watch movies that I work on. Okay. Ever. Wow. I, I mean, I've seen, I think, yeah, I like. That's such a common thing, by the way. Yeah. A lot of people I talk to are like, I'll never watch a movie. Or I, I won't, I won't rewatch or I won't, you know, like I'll watch it on the premiere. Yeah. And people hate to watch their own work. Yeah. Which I find to be a fascinating psyche yeah. in the industry. You know? Yeah, it is. Um, because, again, you worked on it. You made it, you know? Yeah. And regardless of how good or bad it is, you were there. You yeah. remember what it was like. And there is a lot of hard work that comes into it. So uh, you make this Maze Runner film. You won't watch it. <laughs> oh, I no. probably did. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I've watched any of the films uh, that I worked on, except for The Last Avengers, because you have to. Right? Yeah. You, you have to see how that ends. But, um, yeah, it's like this thing. I'm, I'm the same with paintings and with miniatures. I It's it's about the process to me and, mm -hmm. and, and the effort to make stuff. Um, I'm not actually really that interested in, in a lot of films. The finished product. Um, yeah, because a lot of the films that we work on are, uh, like, visual effects heavy films to me. I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not that interested in, really. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the best part about it is me working on the shots, you know, yeah. and I like, you know, I've, I've, I've seen some of the films that I've worked on and it's like, it's, it's really interesting to see how long you work on shots and how fast they're like, gone, <laughs> they're you know, just gone, like, yeah. you know, it's like, I worked on it for like five months, you yeah. know what I mean, or whatever, but, uh, and there it is five seconds, <laughs> yeah, you know, not even. yeah, I mean like 0.5.